Hello, and welcome to Fine Wine, where I discuss media that may or may not have... Well, where I whine about media that may or may not have aged like fine wine. Oops, I made a slip up there. But am I going to restart? No, because I've already started, and babe, I don't stop. Now, I am the beach umbrella that you forgot in your garage that's now infested with several black widows that you take out, put out in your yard, and open up, and your daughter screams because she forgot that... It was in the garage for such a long time and didn't care to check before she opens it up to use it. Um, And I have new episodes coming out every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, Today, I'm going to be discussing, whining about the film about Suddenly Last Summer, which was released in 1959-1960. Came out in like December of 1959 as like a premiere but then didn't actually like release until um january of the following year um it's a southern gothic mystery film whatever that means um southern gothic is like gothic duh well duh it's like southern gothic duh um but no it's like american southern type stuff but like mm, Mm, how would I describe it? Southern Gothic. Mm, like, think of Gothic architecture, but then, like, make it Alabama. That's what it is. Um, it's a very specific genre, which is, like, super weird. But do I care about that? Not really. It's based on a play by the same name that came out, I think, uh, 1958. And it stars... Catherine Hepburn, Elizabeth Taylor, and Montgomery Clift. Now, Mr. Montgomery Clift, he was in the Hitchcock film, um, the one about the lady that, um, well, not the one about the lady that did the murder, because she did not do the murder, but the one about the dude that did the murder of the guy that was at the church. You know, that one. (laughs) Wow. Um, no, what was it called? I confess. He was an I, I confess, playing the main character. Um, no, did I like him in that film? I don't know. I was sort of medium on him. Um, he looks better in this film, though. He, like, looks more, more better. More better looking. Um, but Miss Catherine Hepburn, I've seen her in a few things. Um, but suddenly last summer, I think it's my favorite Catherine Hepburn film. Um, as in, even if I, like, if I just separate the performances and the characters um, from the, like, everything else, if I just, like, look at the characters, Catherine Hepburn's character, um, Miss Violet Venable, now she is that bitch. She is, um, amazing. Like, Violet her character is she can let me tell you she installs an elevator in her living room in the 30s because she doesn't want to go up and down the stairs that's the kind of woman miss violet is and miss Catherine hepburn she sells this so good she is like a cotton candy seller at a carnival like she is on it um but miss liz taylor Miss Liz Taylor. Now, I watched this film after watching another Elizabeth Taylor film. Um, I watched it after watching um, 
Miss Elizabeth Taylor's best film ever, Boom, 1962, I think. One second. I just need to make sure that I'm not fumbling around with it. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's like, it's 1960s for sure. Um, but yeah, I watched Suddenly Last Summer, 1968. So I watched this film, Suddenly Last Summer, after watching 1968's Boom! Exclamation point. Um, now, I was... My expectations because of that were very low. Very low, let me tell you. Um, so, I was pleasantly surprised with her um, in this film, you know. Because I sort of expected her to be much, much worse. But I think 10 years does a lot to the brain. Um, does a lot to, like, degrade the brain. Which is surprising because she was only, what? How old was she in the 60s? Um, oh, she was only 36 when Boom came out. I have to stop talking about Boom because that's, like, my pinnacle of Liz Taylor films. But she was only, like... 36. That's young. But, uh, so how old was she in Suddenly Last Summer? Let's see. 20... 27? 27, 28? She, she had pretty good acting chops, I think. Um, but, you know, what can you do? Um, and surprisingly, this film, um, it made a crap ton of money for the 50s. Made $9 million in the box office with only a budget of $2.5 million. So that's like $6.5 million profit. That's insane. But I mean, it's crazy how they spent $2.5 million on this. Because like, you wouldn't think that like from the sets and stuff that... Because they didn't like... Well, mm, you know... Maybe, maybe I can see where the, where the budget went. Um, actually, I can really see where the budget went. Probably went into that elevator that Miss um, Catherine Hepburn's character installed in the living room. Um, but I think that's enough about, like, the background on it. And it's time to, like, actually start talking about the um, film itself. Because I rambled on about... Um, what I thought about the performances so far, like, a bit much, and I'll, like, talk about it a bit more later, but I want to get into it because there's some parts that are, like, um, there are some parts of the film that I'm, like, uh, what? Um, other parts that I'm, like, yes, please. So, you know, this film, hmm, it's like a roller coaster. But it's like a roller coaster where you have a blindfold on, so you don't know what's coming next. That's how it feels. So anyway, we are in the 30s and we're in the South. We're in Miss, we're in Miss New Orleans. We are in the Louisiana City, um, 1937. So what's happening around this time? Um, before World War II, after the Great Depression. So we're like, hmm, what are we like in the 30s? Well, like 37. What were we doing in 37? I can't really remember 
because I was already old at that point so it's already like sort of jumbled with like the 40s for me you know um I've been alive a long time so the 30s that's like yesterday for me <laughs> god um but anyways main character Catherine Holly that's Miss Liz Taylor um she is you know in a women's asylum perfect place to start out a film super fun as you do she is in the asylum because she is like extremely disturbed perturbed what are other words that are like herbed um she's curbed you know her mind is curbed it's perturbed it's disturbed she is mm, unreturnable at this point um so you know she's in the asylum my kind of people but she's in there because her cousin mr sebastian venable miss violet venable's son um died um a weird death when they were on vacation well not so much a vacation what were they like doing they were like just having a ball in europe it looked like they were in like mallorca or something uh maybe they were in ibiza um but yeah they were like somewhere like in a beachy place in europe so definitely not like the alps or anything (laughs) definitely not england um but they were like in a mm, tropicaler area um and um surprisingly in this sanitarium in this asylum there's like an operation room um and so they like shows this operation room now ma'am they have this operation room and it's literally just like in a foyer um it's like a repurposed foyer with like a balcony at the top they have a bunch of students like lined up but ma'am the electricity is not working properly and yet they're doing like brain surgeries in this op in this OR, which is like, babe, you're gonna get sued for malpractice or something. Is that even sanitary? Definitely, like, not safe. Definitely not OSHA circumstances. Um, I don't think OSHA covers medical stuff, but whatever. I wouldn't want to be a surgeon working in a place that literally has, like, leaks and flickering lights. Um, it's, like, obviously very sus- type of asylum sanitarium type stuff going on um very american horror story um asylum you know so really not the place that you'd want to be um obviously um like the lights are like flickering in this or and i'm like how are you expecting to have like a successful surgery in those conditions luckily the surgeon that was doing the operation was like ma'am what the hell is going on with the lights he's not very happy about it um but the surgeon eventually leaves and he's like i'm not going to do this operation because the lights are like flickering on and off and i'm like not trusting it as he should doesn't want to get like sued for medical malpractice though i don't think he would be because the family that person like sent them to that sanitarium knowing what could happen um this is like a total side tangent it's just like literally like a throwaway scene but they put it in for a reason because it's like 
foreshadowing the discussion of Miss Catherine getting a lobotomy. Um, so Miss Violet, Miss Catherine Holly's aunt, um, she is like super rich. She's an heiress. Well, not heiress anymore because she has inherited it all already. But she is like trying to hide everything about her son's death. Um, and is like, no, he just like didn't die under suspicious circumstances. He just like died, you know? Um, so she ends up going to this um, state hospital, which I think is which is the same place as the sanitarium. It houses the sanitarium. And she's like, hey, dude, um, I will um, give you a bunch of money to um, work, to, like, fund your facility um, if you can get a lobotomy done on my daughter by the specific doctor, Mr. John Kirkrowitz. Um, So she's, like, offering bribe money to get her daughter... Like, um, not her daughter, her niece lobotomized. Because she doesn't want, like, the truth about her son's death getting out. Now, what this truth is, we don't know. We just know that it was disturbing. Um, but Mr. John, he's played by, um, Montgomery Clift. Um, didn't say that before. Also, Violet is, again, played by Catherine Hepburn. Um, again, Catherine Hepburn, boss-ass bitch in this film. She's very rich money where her mouth is, doesn't even speak, just throws money. Very that kind of, like, um, you know, fun kind of girl. Um, so we have Miss Violet invite, um, this surgeon, Mr. John, to her house, and they're, like, discussing, like, what they want to do with, like, um, Miss Catherine's brain, but how Miss Violet comes to greet him is, um, Miss Violet's maid lets Mr. John come in, and she gets him to stand, like, in the middle of the entryway, um, and she goes, like, okay, it's time to make my entrance, so she turns on her elevator while sitting on, like, a throne, but, like, not, like, a throne throne but like um a throne that's very gaudy like uh, a sofa throne and she just slowly descends at like a very very slow snail's pace it's very comical very fun um i would like that for myself you know even if it takes me five minutes to go down like one floor i would like it for the dramatic effect so she comes down and then swings open the gates like the wire iron wire what do you call those um the wire fence gates and she's like i'm here let's discuss um so miss violet she is like um brings mr john into like the drawing room and they are like starting to talk about um the dot not about the daughter about um the niece but the conversation takes a turn and miss Violet, she starts going like, well, let me tell you about my son, my son, Sebastian. Um, so she starts talking about Sebastian, um, and she's like, oh, he was such a sensitive soul. He just, like, cared so much. He was such an artist. He was a poet. Every year he, like, 
did we traveled together. Um, so like you can tell that she's like a very overbearing mother. Well, obviously she was very overbearing, seeing as she's trying to suppress the actual truth around her son's death because um, reasons. Um, but the way she speaks about him very overbearing. So she's like talking about the travels together and stuff, and she ends up showing um, their the garden in Miss Violet's backyard, and like shows Mister John like where Sebastian like used to write his poems and stuff. Um, now this yard, man, this yard is like a jungle. She has a goddamn jungle in her yard. That's some queen shit right there. I would love to have a jungle in my yard. Um, and since it's the south, it's like very dense and thick. Then there's like a little river running through it. Like, ma'am, sign me up. I would love that. But could you imagine the summer, the mosquitoes? Oh my god, never mind. I do not want that. Fuck mosquitoes. Um, but anyways, they end up talking about the sun and Mr. Mr. Dude, Mr. John, he's sort of like, hmm... Should I really be listening to this lady that's, like, sort of lost it? Because, like, she lost her son, and she's also, like, trying to get a lobotomy done for her niece. Um, like, she's sort of, like, crazy herself. So should I really be, like, taking her her word as the gospel truth? So he, like, starts doubting the um, sanity of Miss Violet and starts questioning um, whether Catherine's mind is as bad as it was. Um... So, Mr. John, he goes over to um, the sanitarium where Miss um, Violet had Kathy, uh, Miss Catherine, and he moves her over to the state hospital. Now, getting her to do this is a bit, like, um, is a bit of a, what do you call it? Bit of a struggle. Um, so... One of the things that Miss Kathy does before she leaves is ask Mr. John for a cig. So she lights up in the middle of the, um, what do you call it? In the middle of like the director's room. So, but then she also like puts her cig out on one of the nun's hands that like comes in and like manages the um, sanitarium. So it's like, she doesn't have like, Obviously, she's, like, not the best. She's not in the best state of mind, nor is she, like, a saint. But she is not... We can tell from her, like, conversations with John at this moment that she's not as deranged as Miss Violet is making her out to be. Um, now, what Mr. John and Miss Violet discussed and what they were going to do to Catherine was do, like, a front lobotomy for... Um, dementia precox. Now, a little bit funny that she has a precox. <laughs> That's so childish of me, but what can I say? I'm a child at heart. Child in brain. That's why I'm so dumb. Um, but yeah, they're like getting this done, but um, Miss Venable also like calls Kathy crazy, which is funny because it's like pop calling the kettle black, you know? Um, so, um, Mr. Dude, Mr. John moves Miss Kathy to the state hospital, um, but while they're there, um, 
Mr. John, while he's observing her, um, Miss Catherine's parent, well, her mom, not her parents, her mom and her brother come over to the hospital and while they're talking to John, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, um, Miss Violet, she was like giving us a lot of money if we like were, um, if we like sign these papers that will like commit Miss Miss Thing, Miss Catherine, my daughter, my sister to this institution to get her lobotomized. Um, now, I don't think that's like the best family environment, so babe, get me lobotomized. I don't want to think about them. Um, but you know, if your family's like signing you up to get a lobotomy, they're probably not the most supportive of your lifestyle or of you just in general. So maybe, babe, um, well, I mean, what can you do? You're already institutionalized, but. And so, yeah, so we find out here, Miss Catherine's parent, parents, I think her dad's dead, but her mom and her brother, not the best of people. They are, like, um, here for the money, not the best. Um, but while this is happening, Miss Catherine is like, um, I don't want to, like, lose my memories or, like, thoughts or, like, future. Um, and while she's saying this, she is meeting up with, um, what's her face? Mm, she's meeting up with, um, Miss Violet and John, and she's like, I want to see so many places still. I, no, not, not I want to see so many places. She's like, I want to see two places before I die. Hong Kong and Chicago. And when she says Chicago... Miss Violet's face is so disgusted at that. So great. I love that. Miss Catherine, Chicago, really, that's delusional. But me too, babe. Me too. Um, and while this happens, Miss Catherine goes on like a long dialogue about um, turtles. Very long turtle monologue about like, have you ever seen like a turtle? Um on its back struggling to live and then once it's hatched it goes to the sea but it's getting snatched up by birds all the time so it's like not it's racing to the sea for its life and it's not guaranteed and even once it makes it to the sea it's not even safe there um very long like turtle monologue lots of monologues in this film um the only monologues i really like in this film though are by um Miss Catherine Hepburn. But obviously she's the most experienced and she also is um, the most entertaining character. Um, so the turtle monologue, very out of pocket, but also very fun. Um, but um, yeah, she probably just like watched an episode of Blue Planet or Planet Earth and was like really interested in that. Now she's like a whole like... Mm, whatchamacallit, um, animal rights activist now. Well, not even animal rights because it's turtles. They don't really, um, need, like, the same rights as, like, pigs or chickens or something. Mm. Or something. Um, but after this little, like, tea party thing, um, Miss Kathy is back in the asylum, um, and Miss... Violet, she is in her study going through her 
son's things. She's like, um, does Mr. Sebastian, not Mr. Sebastian, that's the Ed's son. Mr. John, he's like, let's like talk about him because like, you sort of seem like the one that needs like the lobotomy, babe. But he doesn't like tell her that straight up. He's just like, like, it's like, talk more about your son. What does he like? What was he like more? Um, so they like go in there, but then we like, um, again, see, um, we see the mother of Catherine and the brother again. Um, but this time they're coming to, um, Miss Violet. Now they've come over here and they've just started going through all of Sebastian's shit, which is like very like disrespectful first off, like the dead person then also like the dead person's like parents like come on but they're like going through the stuff and they're like well he's dead he doesn't need it anymore obviously miss violet's like flabbergasted about this and obviously since she's also crazy she's um not okay with it so she is like she goes up to the brother of kathy and slaps him she slaps her nephew real hard like you go girl but i would have slapped the mom too um so you know um, it's very that, and it's like, she says this to them, like, say something, like, this isn't her, this is the, from the next scene, sorry about that, but she's, like, very, like, pissed about it, because obviously somebody going through your dead son's stuff, and, like, just taking it, and is like, I'm gonna take the suit, because it looks expensive, um, very not that, very not fun, um, so... Honestly, Miss Violet is righteous in her anger at this. If I was Violet, well, no. If I had a sister that was as much of a piece of work as Violet's sister slash Catherine's mom, I would be insane too. So I like sort of get it. Sort of get Miss Violet. So, you know. Next we go to Miss Catherine. Miss Catherine's still at the hospital. Um, and she is um being drugged but she's being drugged by like a hot guy so like it's okay <laughs> no it's really not but well it sort of is because he's a nurse and he is giving her just um some medication so like not drugged as in like being drugged at like a party or like being drugged in like a bad way but he, he is um doing his job drugging her um uh, <laughs> and he's like the hottest character in the film he doesn't even have a name but it's funny funny that this is like the one scene that he's in well partly in the other scene miss miss catherine is like say something funny make me stop wanting to cry and isn't it nice of the drugstore to keep me alive um very fun quotes i actually think that the second quote is said by miss violet after she gets some medication um but it's again still very very on brand for the both of them um like say something funny make me stop wanting to cry very funny very me um and then also isn't it nice of the drugstore to keep me alive i'll get again very me very fun very true to me very true to my story very true to my brand um so you know as much as i as i've been like sort of been like ragging on this film there are some parts that are like very very that very iconic very pinnacle of film um not pinnacle of film because i don't think that this this would be very 
pinnacle of film at all in the least um, especially the later we get in the film because like at this point I think we're about um halfway through this film is 114 minutes long so like an hour and 54 minutes um so we're like about halfway through this film feels like it takes forever by the way um but while we are in the um while we were in the little, while we were getting drugged, um, Miss Catherine gets a little bit flashbacks, um, and, you know, it turns out, um, well, no, she doesn't get drugged and then has, like, memory, but she gets drugged and then she goes to have a conversation with Mr. John so that they can, like, discuss, like, what they're gonna do. And he's like, babe, like, let's talk about it. Like, what's going on? What's your, like, issue? Um, so Miss Catherine, like, um, starts opening up, um, and she's like, well, first, let me smoke and then I'll talk. So she gets some cigs out of the things in a nun's room. Babe, why is the nun keeping cigs around? I don't know. Very not Christian of her. Very not holy. Very not sisterly of her. But anyways, she gets a a cigarette from a box that a nun kept and is like, we get some flashbacks. Um, So it turns out Miss Catherine was R-worded in a forest. Blink, blink, Miss what was what in a what? Um, these bitches don't need lobotomies. They need some therapy. Um, so, you know. And then as she's, like, telling the story, she, like, starts to break down. And, babe, I think I blame this film suddenly last summer for making Liz Taylor think that she could get away with, like, acting, um, crazy on film and, um, getting nominated for like best actress for it because I think this film is what eventually led to the conception of her character in Boom. So this film spawned some demons. Um so after that we have a very we're back in the and we're in another scene now. So Miss um, Catherine, she is alone at this point. She is in her hospital room, but she is like, I'm going to get all dressed up for no reason. I'm going to dress the nines because I'm going to have a good time tonight. Um, so she does her hair up pretty nice. She puts on a nice black dress, puts on a giant diamond brooch. Um, and she's like, yeah, this is like what she's doing. Um, and... Then she is like, you know what? Do you know what seems like a good time for me right now? Do you know what like seems like a great idea? She goes and is like, hey, can you like let me out of my room for a little bit? I want to go for like a walk. So the nurse guy, Mr. George, the hot guy, um, he's like, sure. Um, but, you know, he's sort of dumb. So he like lets her go out like un... Um, unfollowed so she like walks around and she is getting ready to mm, do a little bit of 
Um, she's getting ready to do something a little bit extreme. She is definitely not making a case for herself to not, uh, to be, like, a sane person. Like, this is definitely not, like, what she's about to do is not, um, assisting her in any way to convince anybody that she is a sane woman with, like, in the right space of mind. Um, because what does she do, ma'am? She goes to the... Um, eating hallway where all like the crazy crazy people that are like in the institution are but there's like a catwalk above it um so she ends up going up to the catwalk and steps over the ledge and is like holding on to the railing and is like ready to throw herself off now ma'am while she's like this she's also like sort of stumbling about as well um you know, I think she's just having a little bit of a, a, a tummy ache because her waist is so tiny. Um, because when she was putting on the black dress, she probably, like, got her waist snatched because um, her waist in this outfit where she's about to throw herself over um, off the edge into, like, a pit of crazy people, her waist is, like, as tiny as her neck. Like, very that. She's very that. Um, but while she's standing there, like, pending... Um, she's loading. All the people that are, like, down in the pit, like, all the crazy people down in the pit, they're, like, cheering on her to throw herself off. They're, like, laughing at her. Like, ma'am, I would not throw myself off if people started laughing at me. I would go and hide. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Well, but no. While this is happening, some, one of the nurses pulls the alarm and... Um, Mr. George is like, he runs up to her and gets her and he's, she is like freaking out. She's like, no, no, no. But Mr. George, he is doing his job, keeping her from, you know, offing herself. But ma'am, that height would not have killed her. I don't think it really would have even injured her, especially because there were so many people down there. She probably would have injured the people that she fell on, but, um, definitely not herself. Like, what's the max height that I think that could have been? Um, probably only, like, 20 feet. Like, maybe you'd get, like, a sprained angle or something, but you would definitely not die. Unless you went head first, but she was, like, not gonna jump head first. Um, also, if she did jump head first, her hair would protect her because there was probably enough hairspray in that to act as a helmet because it did not move when she was walking up to the railing, up to the catwalk. Um, so, you know, um... Next, we have another gathering of the ladies. Um, Well, the gathering of the ladies is happening because Mr. John is like, Miss Violet, please just meet with, like, Miss Kathy so that, like, we can just, like, have a face-to-face, heart-to-heart, you know? Um, And we get into some word warfare. Um... And she's like, Sebastian was playing us, Violet. We were just pawns in his game. Um, Also, um, so this, like, um, in this little moment, this is like the last scene of the film. She, Kathy alludes heavily to Sebastian being a homosexual. (gasps) How dare. And this really doesn't help anything with the demonization of like gay people because 
it's really painting Sebastian to be a manipulative bitch. Um, with Especially with Kathy being like, you and I were just pawns in his game. Um, which is very not... Which is very not that, you know? Very not into that. Um, but Miss Violet, she is going into another monologue. Um, now this monologue... Ma'am, I don't even know what's happening in this monologue. But Miss Catherine sells it, you know. Um, so, you know. But this, like, whole conference scene with the doctor, Miss Violet, Miss Catherine, mm, it pops off. They are, like, going after one another. It's very fun to see in action because you get, like, Hollywood veteran Catherine Hepburn just like firing off playing an unhinged character um being very fun you know it's very very fun um so let's see let's see the truth shall we the truth of this is um well the truth of the matter is revealed when John um gives Catherine um a drug that like helps her speak her truth, speak the truth of what happened last summer. Because before she was like, no, I don't want to talk. And she was like throwing a big tantrum. So they give her some pills and then she starts her flashback. Um, so Miss Catherine and Sebastian ended up going to a beach in like Cabeza de Lobo. Where is that? That sounds very familiar. It sounds like Cabeza de Lobo. Mm, Municipality in Spain. Um, Oh my god, that's nowhere near the ocean. Oh my god, I feel very lied to. Mm -hmm. Cabeza de Lobo is nowhere near the ocean. Well, it's like several. Yeah, it's nowhere near the ocean. So this film didn't even like do its do its placement correctly because Cabeza de Lobo is at least um, how many kilometers would I say that is um, Cabeza de Lobo to beach one second babe I am I'm doing the maths right now I'm doing everything. God damn it. Come on, just give me the directions. Let's see. Let's take a car from this town where um, they say that this film is taking place and um, just like see, you know. Oh my god, not it telling, not it giving me um, directions to London. That's not what I want. Okay. Let's see. A Coruna. Well, A Coruña. Okay. It's it's a 34 kilometers. So, you know, they're not like right at the beach. It's like a 33 minute drive. Um, but again, cars were much slower that back then. So at least... Mm, how many miles did cars go back then? I know like 50 miles an hour was like max speed. 
So let's see, probably 25 kilometers an hour. It would take over an hour to get to the beach and back. Um, so I don't think that they were probably in that town. They were probably somewhere near there. But why did they choose this one town name? I have no clue because it's like not even like a notable town. It's like literally just like a tiny place. If they wanted to choose um, an actual beach town, they could have chosen Acarona because that's like an actual like bigger city that's on the beach, on the coast, you know. But you know. So what happened in this Spanish beach town is Sebastian apparently used Catherine to attract young men so that he could seduce them. But because of these boys needing money, um, he gave them money. Um, so he was successful in seducing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Smile and wave, boy. Smile and wave. This is not it. This part of the film is where it, like, completely jumps the shark. This is where it goes off of the cliff. This is where it goes off of the cut breaks straight down the, the death hill in Charlie's Angels. This is not it, ma'am. Um, yeah. But at least we do get a good scene. Well, a good shot of Miss Liz Taylor in um, a very skimp... Well, not skimpy in a very revealing bathing suit, um, getting, like, wet. (laughs) Sounds so dirty. Um, but yeah, um, that's, like, the only good thing about this part of the film. Like, from here on out, it's, like, bad. From here on out, it's not fun, not good. It's really just sort of depressing, especially because it's, like, why do you have to make him like a slur. Why do you have to make the gay guy, the one gay guy in your film that you're not even saying that's gay, but that you're like alluding to heavily? Why are you making him like, why are you giving him like malicious intent? Why are you making him a user? Like I get that not all gay people are gods, that they're not all good, that they're not all saints, you know? Like I know that very well, but why did you have to make him like horrible to like not only his mom but like to his cousin as well like why did you have to be like he was just using them to he was using their bodies to attract younger men to seduce them Mm. you know that's just not very bomb diggity not very fun um but okay after again sidetracked by like my anger at this um but they were sidetracked i was sidetracked But then the next day, it was like a scorching, white hot day. Sebastian and Kathy, they were eating at a cafe. But a team of boys come over and they're like, give us money. We want money. But Mr. Sebastian, he's like, no, thank you. I am not going to give you any more money. So Sebastian leaves. But these guys keep following him. And they're like, Uh, It's like a parade of people, loud noises, like, while this is happening, we're hearing, like, the clanging of um, pans together, the clashing of cymbals, very hectic, while Sebastian's running through the streets, um, beset by all sides, on all sides by beggars. Um, But he is 
ran into a corner when he gets to the top of a hill um, and he ends up getting overwhelmed by these like beggars by these beggar boys um, and now now what happens what happens here miss kathy follows she's like no sebastian what's happening but what happens next is these boys that were chasing him tear him apart and eat him like like and like tear him apart and eat him bit by bit like goblins this is very not that this is like not only demonizing gay people but demonizing um poor spaniards as well um well not even poor spaniards like just spaniards period very not that like demonizing like um, these like small spanish towns Again, very probably if I was the Spanish tourism um, committee, I would have sued this film. <laughs> um, but then again, they're not in America, so suing's not commonplace. Like in America, you sue to say hello. <laughs> um, so while this is happening, this is like a very not fun scene because like like they show Sebastian like wailing. And they show, like, the horde of people gathering around him. And you just hear it happening. And it's like, mm, that's not fun. That's not, like, didn't come to the film to see this. I came to the film to see Miss Catherine Hepburn being a bad bitch. Um, but while this is happening, we cut back to Miss Kathy. And Liz Taylor's trying her best to sell this, like, monologue crying. She's like, oh, that's not a crying sound. But she's like doing her best to sell it. Now, I could not keep myself together at this point because it's, like, so funny seeing Liz try so hard to sell it, but I just can't take her seriously. I can't take her acting seriously. It's a it's a problem, um, especially after watching Boom. Like, her trying to be all serious and morose, it's, it's not it. She's not very good at it. Um, but, you know... Um, so this was what I sort of like took away from this, from this like flashback. So the son died and was a bitch for being gay and the death really fucked up the rest of the family, but the rest of the family was also already super fucked up. Um, so maybe that's why he was a bitch. Um, so anyway, at least there wasn't any incest. I was like so um, anticipating the suddenly last summer, the what happened in the summer, last, the summer of yore, um, to be, like, some sort of weird, like, incest story, which I'm very relieved it did not happen, because that's very not it. That is very not in vogue. That's never in vogue. That is, well, <laughs> the bar is in hell for me. Um, if avoiding incestuous um, plot lines in media is my bar. The bar is in hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that story, um, Miss Violet's like, oh, wow, that's a fun story. Thanks for telling me. Now that I know the truth, you don't need to get a lobotomy anymore. Anyway, see y'all. So she goes, sits down on her elevator and slowly goes up. And that's the end of the film. <sighs> Hmm. Yeah. Suddenly last summer is it's a it's a film for sure. 
there are parts of it that are good, but there there's a lot of parts of it that is bad that are bad. Um, would I say that I would probably say that the um, bad parts or like just super overwhelming parts are outweigh the good parts. I think you could probably just find like a super cut of all of Catherine Hepburn's scenes in this film, like on the internet or something, and that would suffice as um, that would be enough um, to say that you like watch this film because watching this film is very like it's taxing, it's long, it feels like you're watching it for several hours, even if you watch it, even if. Yeah, it feels like it takes seven hours to watch. Like, even just recalling it feels like such a long time has passed. Like, I feel like I've aged ten years just talking about it. So, you know, thoughts anything um, to avoid you off of the film, you know. Yeah, but if you still want to watch it, I mean, you do you. But I would say that, especially with the gay plotline, did not age like fine wine. If anything, this wine is rot. This wine is... What what do you call wine? Like, this wine is stale. Not even stale. It's like beyond stale. But yeah. That's suddenly last summer, 1959 slash 1960. Um, very aged plot lines. Well, not plot lines, but very aged tropes. Um, but Miss Catherine Hepburn, she slayed in this film. If you're going to watch this film, just watch it for Catherine. And yeah, I'll mind. See you next time.